welcome to the Unstoppable Freedom Podcast. I'm Jimmy Page. Well, it's no secret that business is influencing and shaping our culture now more than ever before. In fact, it seems like a distant memory when businesses were just focused on producing the best products and services at a fair price. Now, major corporations are openly taking sides in the political debate, and they're driving social agendas in alarming ways. Think Bud Light, Target, Disney, Starbucks, Nike, the NBA, and on and on. Well, unfortunately, most of the, of the agenda seems to be a radical, leftist, anti-American, anti-freedom, anti-traditional values. We're coming for your kids' agenda, and most Americans are sick of it. And at the same time, small businesses, which form the backbone of American freedom, independence, faith, and prosperity, are under attack. Well, I believe that small businesses are on the rise, and they're an important part of preserving American freedom, the culture, and our way of life. And today's guest is an expert in this area. His name is Riley Meek. Riley is the founder of the King's Council, a community designed to equip entrepreneurs with the tools, systems, and frameworks necessary to discover, develop, and deploy their God-given vision in the marketplace. And in the last decade, Riley has helped entrepreneurs scale their businesses, creating transformational wealth. He's taken eight companies personally to seven and eight figures within the first year of each. And he hosts the King's Council podcast. He's an author and a speaker, a man of God, and an American patriot. Riley, welcome to the show. Yeah, Jimmy, happy to be here, man. <laughs> Let's go. You're the, you're the right man for this and uh, super excited. You know, I met you for the first time at the AmFest yeah. event put on by Turning Point and Charlie Kirk. My son works with Charlie Kirk. And I met you. You were part of a panel. Tell me a little bit about that panel. Man, that was that was so fun. Actually, the panel was um, I think it was titled God in Government or, or something along those lines, which to throw me in that panel, it's kind of like I'll do anything. Right. Like, let's go. I, I can I can, uh, you know, I can wing it to the, with the best of my abilities. But um, I do think that uh, it was it was such a fun conversation um, getting different different perspectives uh, with, you know, with Rob McCoy. Um, uh, oh, my goodness. I'm yeah, having Rick Green. Rick, Rick Green. Green, yes, love Rick, and yeah. then uh, Bob McEwen, uh, yes. which is super fun as well to to kind of pick his brain on on the side. But you know, I have I have a unique perspective of of how I look through the lens of the world. I think we all do, right? No different than I, you know when I when I read the Bible, uh, the Gospels. Matthew had a perspective of a tax collector, right? Mark with and Luke like a perspective of a doctor, right? Yeah. And I have a perspective, not that I'm anywhere in the same hemisphere. Uh, in comparison to those gentlemen, but um, I have a perspective as an entrepreneur, right? Yes. And and I, I really think that as entrepreneurs, which first off, I think everybody on the planet is an entrepreneur if they have a, a true understanding of what that word means. Because mm -hmm. if you break it down, it's, it's so simple, Jimmy. It is literally uh, to undertake, right? So if you're an undertaker, you're an entrepreneur, Right. Meaning you're you're going to take the task on at hand, whatever that is yeah. for the for the stay at home moms. You're an entrepreneur. Right. Like yeah. probably more more so than any guy that's trying to build a business. Right. You got the most. Well, they, uh, they certainly task. work harder. They work harder they than most of us. Do, man. <laughs> the resilience is is far uh, more on, on their shoulders than it is on on, uh, you know, us trying to build businesses and things like yeah. that. But. Um, but when we understand that word of entrepreneur, uh, 
that's how I, we approach things. That's how I approach life uh, yeah. is, are we willing to undertake this task at hand? Because I really believe everybody, everybody even listening to this right now is listening to this for a reason, right? Yeah. You, are, you are put on this planet for a God-given intended purpose. And until mm-hmm. you find that purpose, your purpose is to find your purpose. And, and yeah. once you understand that, you now have the 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 ability to take that thing on to undertake that task at hand and so um i i don't know where i how i went to this jimmy but that was my my perspective on this yeah. uh, the panel at turning point it was uh, a unique perspective um but it yeah. still was able to flow because uh with between god and government uh there's plenty of undertaking that needs to take uh, especially here in America, man, uh, yeah. 2024 is going to be a trip. That's oh, for sure. It, oh, yeah, it is. Hang on. Buckle up, right? You know, <laughs> right. put a helmet on. <laughs> put a helmet. Exactly. I, my mom always used to get me and my brother. She always tried to get us to wear helmets when we rode our bikes. That was such a – you. if you wanted to be cool, you didn't wear a helmet. You know, <laughs> right. days, days have changed a lot. But this year, I think we're going to need it. Well, it's funny you talk about the government business connection. Like, I think you were perfect for this panel in a different way. Because I believe, and we're going to talk about this a little later, you know, later in the show, because I want to get to cover some ground before then. But I want to talk about how small business and entrepreneurship is a big answer for the cultural problems we have and for maintaining, well, democracy, we're a constitutional republic. My listeners know by now we're not a democracy, we're a constitutional republic. But small business is essential because when government takes over the things that you and I are supposed to be doing, they have a lot more control than we want. So I'm going to shelve that for a minute. I want to talk about that in the second half. You've had a lot of success as an entrepreneur. Um, And you would say, and you've already said it, that your faith in Christ has been critical in that. Tell me about calling. Tell me about your sense of purpose in what Mm -hmm. you do. Yeah. Oh, man. Man, talk about team me up, brother. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's the thing. I I I jokingly say I gave my life to entrepreneurship at the age of fifteen, uh, and then I gave my life to Christ at the age of sixteen. Now Perfect. the crazy thing is, um, I went on to do a, a number of different things, uh, and and you mentioned success. I mean, I had never been four years ago, Jimmy. I had never. Uh, been in such a period of unfulfillment in my entire life. I had, we had accumulated millions and millions of dollars, nine figures in revenue. um, Yet I felt like a failure. And and the reason for that, I I believe we can be incredibly successful at a lot of things and still feel like a failure. If you're not operating for the God given intended purpose of why you were created. Right. I, I jokingly often say I've got a treadmill in my home gym and that baby is incredibly successful at hanging my clothes. Yeah. Super <laughs> successful at it, man. It's, it's even collects dust. It's very successful at that. But it's not operating for the God-given intended purpose of why the manufacturer created it. Right? Wow. So the manufacturer's got to be looking down and it's just like, mm, you're just not quite hitting the mark there. And this was my life to a T four years ago. I had, I had, uh, you know, again, made a decent amount of money financially. And if that's what, what you would, you know, quantify or classify as successful, then sure, from a worldly perspective, I oftentimes heard a lot, like it must be nice. But little yeah. did anybody that ever said that to me know, like I was a complete train wreck on the inside. And it was wow. just, I remember one evening just sitting on my couch and, and really just, you know, in my 
quiet time, which I, I had strayed so far from my faith through this time. And, and money, money is an incredible magnifier, Jimmy. Like it is, it's, it's an incredible tool to be used for good or evil, right? And this is why scripture talks about it. You know, a, a fourth of, of all of Jesus's teaching was really about money, wealth, possessions. And, and it's unfortunate that the church doesn't spend a fourth of their time talking on it as well. Yeah. If it's important enough for, for Jesus to be mentioning it that much, we better be talking about it as well. But unfortunately, a lot of churches, they, they shy away from it for fear of, of you know, offending people or, or losing parts of their congregation, which yeah. that's a whole nother topic there, man. But but when I when I understood this and I realized that that money is a tool, right? And and God, is, it's God, the creator of the universe that had given me the ability to create it. Uh, yeah. and, and full well known, it had zero to do with, with my giftings and abilities because that's directly from the creator. It was an understanding of like, okay, if I have this ability, what do I do with it? What, what, is, yeah. what is the point of this? And mm. I had been involved with a, a, a number of, of mastermind groups, a number of businesses throughout the years and, and or business groups, networking groups and things. And I couldn't find any of them when I was looking back through just my, my Rolodex of like, who did I know? I, I didn't find any of them that were like truly rooted in Christ. And I thought, man, that is, that's where we're missing the boat here. Right. Because a lot of people go to the world for advice. Right. They're going to the world for how do I run my business? And I thought, man, we have that manufacturer that has given us the operating manual. No different than my treadmill. There was an operating manual when I when we put the darn thing together and it gave clear instruction on, hey, don't operate near water. Right. There's warning signs. Hey, hey, do not. If you're under the age of 12, don't do this. Right. But then there is also clear indications of how to do it successfully. And I thought, my goodness, I I have a creator as well. I and he's given us an operating manual with clear warning signs, clear instructions. The problem is most of us don't read the darn manual. Right. Especially especially men. Right. Yeah. We're, we're trying to operate this life or even trying to put together the darn treadmill or the Ikea piece of furniture we've got. Yeah. And it's like we get halfway through and we're like, ah, this just doesn't yeah. work. And it's like, no, well, and it- we want to pretend we have to pretend that we know what we're doing. I mean, I, there's this sense of yes. if, you, if you're not capable, you have to fake it, you know, and that's why so many men aren't following you know, God's manual. They're not following his game plan. They're not finding his purpose, but it takes those moments where, where you're miserable, right? So you were miserable and you're realizing, Hey, this is what is wrong with me? Well, it's because you were out of alignment with God's purposes in your life. And maybe it was a simple step back. Um, I, I think in terms of your journey is so common, right? Most men will just put the pedal to the ground. They will push super hard. Um, because their performance can overcome a lot of that. It kind of masks what's really going on inside of them. But until they get connected with the purpose, with the reason that they're made, and make their work purposeful, they're going to have that lack of satisfaction. They might have success, and we've all known success, but they may not have that satisfaction, that deep fulfillment that comes from knowing that what you're doing matters. It matters for the kingdom. It matters in a bigger perspective. Yes, that's so good, Jimmy. And I'm glad... You even said that because I think if we define what success actually is, for me, a lot of people are defining, especially men, it's like we're, we're looking to it as what did, what did I do in comparison to anybody else? Oh, yeah. and, and at the end of the day, that is not success at all. Success truly is 
did you do what you know you were supposed to do? Right. Like, and, and, and if you don't know what you're supposed to do, that's b- back to what I, I kind of mentioned uh, first off was like your purpose is to f- discover what your purpose is. Uh, and there is a, a, a uh, call it a corporate purpose that we all are to love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. And then number two is love your neighbor. That like I feel like loving God's easy, man. But loving my neighbor. Oh, man. <laughs> it's harder sometimes. It's it's harder. Like sometimes when you get to know them more, it's it's harder and harder. And they probably feel the same way about us. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> but what a better way to love your neighbor than through business, than through uh, the marketplace. And and again, this is just all was has just been kind of a revelation, we'll call it, over the last few years here. And what, what ultimately was the birthing of the King's Council. It's like, how do we do yeah. this thing? called life because i i really believe we're created for far more than just especially living in here in america it's like we think we're supposed to uh go to school go to college right go into debt uh, which is moronic in my opinion uh but um uh, and then go get a job work for 40 50 years to retire and essentially buy our retirement and then die and i look throughout scripture man i don't see that anywhere there there is no representation of that in yeah. in the operating manual and so i think yeah. culture has dictated a lot of things uh most everything and unfortunately yeah. the people uh, influencing culture are usually not on the ultimate winning team right there's there yeah. we we're, yeah. we're here we're battling good and evil every single day yeah. and, and it's unfortunate that the most influential people out there are not yeah. righteous yeah. kingdom minded business people because if there were, right. which is is part of my my whole heart's desire here, I know what is, is my purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. it, you know, a part of my purpose is to create that influence in the marketplace again, but for uh, from a yeah. kingdom perspective versus the worldly perspective. I love that, and you know, it's funny because my first exposure to this idea that the marketplace could be a mission field. That, that I was called into business. You know, people always ask me, well, are you going to go into ministry? You know, you love God. You're going to go into ministry. I'm like, guys, I'm in ministry. I'm in the business world. Yes. And my first exposure to that idea was business by the book, right? It was this idea that you could operate according to the game plan, uh, mm-hmm. the biblical principles. And you talk a, a lot about aligning your faith, your business, and your mission in order to maximize your life. I think that's one of your core themes. Um, many though, many entrepreneurs, many men and women in business have a hard time bringing their faith to the workplace in practical ways, or even seeing their work as a kingdom building opportunity. And yet we need people, we need believers in the marketplace to be wildly successful and influential, like you said, to build the culture. Why are people afraid to bring their faith into the marketplace? Oh man, there's... So many ways I could answer this, I think, but at the core of what it really is, is I think it's it's pride and I think it's uh, ego, which at the core of what I really think from every sin that we, we experience is rooted in that, right? Even from the beginning of time and, uh, in, in the garden, uh, it, was, it was rooted in uh, like questioning what God said, right? And, and yeah. it was just, and it wasn't, I mean, here's the thing, the enemy 
for those listening right now, the enemy cannot block your blessing. He cannot, mm. but he can infiltrate your mind and cause you to block it yourself. And that's what happened in the garden. It was simply the question of like, did God really say that? And it was just yeah. a, a hint yep. of doubt that then starts to mm. unravel. And I think as, as Christians, right, if you are a and Christians is used so loosely nowadays. If you are a follower, a disciple, we'll call this, a committed follower of Jesus Christ, uh, then then you're called to to ministry no matter what it is that you do, right? But here, here's the thing. A lot of people think ministry is just sharing your faith. Now, that is a part of it. Evangelism is a part of it. But if you've given your life to Christ, evangelism is just into the door, right? Like if you, if you've given your life to Christ and if the only thing that was important was that you you're saved, if salvation was the only thing, then the only thing that we should ever do is evangelize. But that's not what the Bible actually expresses at all. It says yes to Mm. preach the gospel to the nations, but also it says to go forth, make disciples. It's like, well, what is a a disciple? It's not to make converts. Yeah. It's not to make even followers. Right. It is to make disciples. And, and dis- discipleship uh, or disciple is rooted in the word discipline, which this is where a lot of people maybe get turned off. It's like, oh, I don't want to be disciplined in my life. But at the end of the day, if, if you are a committed follower of Jesus Christ and you, and you are yeah. a disciple and you're committed to this, you can't, yeah. you can't help but share your faith in the marketplace. Right. And, but that's, this is where I think a lot of people get, get caught up on this. It's like, well, I don't want to lose my job or I don't want to offend anybody. We got to freaking offend people sometimes. Right. And that, that's, that's what true love actually is, is being able to uh, express wrongs, being able to express truth uh, from, from what, what the world would call facts. Right. But what is truth and, and being able to stand wholeheartedly up for it and, and not, not be scared to, to, you know, or um, not be scared to fall, fall from what we think is the world standard or world's platform. Because at the end of the day, there's only one way to be prosperous and successful, right? There's only, there's one way the Bible actually gives it Joshua one, eight and and nine, which is incredible Mm. because it's, it's so simple. It's literally do meditate on the book of the law, Right, which we know the book of the law is the, the first five books, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So if I meditate on it, do not let it depart from your lips so that you may do what it says. And that's, I think, where we, yeah. we get it wrong. We yes. may be consuming it at church on Sunday, but are we meditating on it? Are we ruminating? Yeah. That's the, the word that's actually used there, which essentially, it's disgusting, but how a cow ruminates is by chewing its cud, swallowing it, digesting it, spinning it back up, chewing it again, swallowing it, digesting Mm -hmm. it. And if you're doing that, you can't help but just be a light in the marketplace because you're, you're, you're meditating and you're doing what it says because the very next verse is then you will be prosperous and successful. And at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. this is my heart, at least I know it's yours, Jimmy, is that we serve an audience of one. And if that's your yes. your conviction and your whole heart like philosophy of life, you you shouldn't mm. you can't help but be a light in the marketplace. And if that's not you, that's right. then I would invite you yeah. to get around a tribe of people, get plugged into a local community that can build you up, right? And that was the biggest thing yeah. for me, man. When I 
four years ago, I was on an island. Like I didn't, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't know that there were other people that were even had these thoughts and had a desire to like really live life, but live it like intentionally. Most people live life by default when we can actually design this life. And if we choose to do that, then man, that's when, that's when the floodgates open. That's when this thing can actually get exciting yeah. is to wake up every day with, yeah. this is what we're here for. And this is what we're standing for. That's right. Unashamed, unashamed. Yeah, it's right. It's funny. I was just telling my wife yesterday that I love what I do. You know, I love what I do. I mean, I do a, a number of different things, write books and speak and, you know, build organizations and I'm, and I'm fighting for freedom. You know, we're fighting yes. to protect our God given freedoms and rights here. You know, it's funny, you've said a number of things. I think discipleship is all about show and tell, right? So when a lot of times we'll tell people, well, bring your faith to the workplace and nobody knows what that looks like. Well, part of what that looks like is you being excellent, you being a man or woman of your word, you keeping your commitments, you doing what you say you're going to do, you holding to a high standard. You know, and one of my favorite uh, entrepreneurs is a guy named uh, Andy Frisella. Um, Mm -hmm. He created the program 75 Hard. This guy, he's crazy, and I love him. Uh, some people can't tolerate him because of his language. I get that. So I don't, I don't recommend him to everyone necessarily, but I do love what he stands for. And he says this. He says, uh, personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion. You know, he's talking about pushing back against the culture. Well, if you want to do that, the first step of that is be your absolute best. Uh, if they want you fat, you got to be fit. If they want you poor, you should you should drive wealth. Um, you should be yeah. generous. And if they want you medicated, you should be medication free. Like, how do we become our absolute best so that other people are attracted to that? I mean, I think about your energy right now. And I think, man, this is attractive. Like, I want to follow this guy because of your energy, because of your clarity, because of your oral clarity. Um, you talk about how important it is your mindset is. You talk uh, is is your mind. How important is your mindset? How important is your physical health? Yeah, man. It, I think again back to wh- why the enemy even started there is is infiltrating our mindsets, and he is continually doing yep. that every single day. So, and, and scripture tells us so many times to uh, you know to to. Uh, uh, continue to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. This is like a a process that has to happen on a daily basis because it's so easy. We see this in in media now. It's just like they bombard you with negative, negative, negative. If you're listening to the news, stop it, right? Like turn it off because (laughs) it is freeing to fill your your mind. I mean, Philippians tells us to think about things that are true, that are Mm -hmm. noble, that are like these good things to think about those things because that's what affects everything, right? What we think about, we bring about ultimately, but our mindset, it starts in our minds and then it it comes from our lips and that's going to dictate what we Mm -hmm. do, our actions in our life that ultimately create the habits that ultimately affect the destiny that we're on. And if if you don't start with your mindset, you're just going to, you're you're wandering, right? You're just, you're like a, uh, a, a ship at sea that has no true moral yep. compass, right? Or no true destination yes. of what we're actually focused on. And uh, it, and that yeah. was a big thing, man. For me, at the age of 15, that's like what, what was a radical change for me was understanding that mm-hmm. I could control my thoughts. Like I can actually think about yep. what I think about. That was, I, I've never yeah. heard that stuff before. 
And, and right. when I realized that right. there's such power in that, that I can actually dictate based upon, um, again, everything that all these self-help books, uh, uh, think and grow rich are these, these, the OGs in this like personal mm -hmm. development world, literally everything they were yeah. saying was taken directly from scripture. And that's when it oh, was like, Oh my goodness. Right. <laughs> and that's yeah. just coming back again yeah. to the operating manual, uh, and, and focusing mm -hmm. on those things. And, but that's, that's where yeah. discipleship, as we said, takes place. You, you have to be disciplined. Yeah. And if, if you're not, yeah. um, you're going to continue to get what you got. And, uh, and that's yeah. usually well, not great. <laughs> and I think that's part of the reason that the King's Council, I'm so intrigued by the King's Council. I'm so intrigued by this idea of doing life together, doing business together, iron sharpening iron. You know, you, you mentioned it earlier. Discipleship is also all about doing life with people that are moving in the same direction, that have the same values. And it's this idea of holding each other accountable. Now, I remember when I first started doing accountability with a handful of guys, amazing time. Um, but we were determined that our accountability was going to be more about how we were living, living at our maximum potential, fulfilling the vision and purpose that God had for us in our life in all of the different roles, rather than this game of gotcha. Like, oh, where did you fail this week? I mean, if all you're focusing on is all the ways that you failed, it's a disaster. And after about five or six weeks, everyone's tired of that. And they're all <laughs> pretending now we're going to just cover up our mistakes anyway. So we were like, no, let's put our foot on the gas. Let's stay vision focused. You talk a lot about that. The King's Council is this community of people, right, that are all moving in the same direction. Tell us a little bit more about how the King's Council works, how you bring in the tools and the systems to help people succeed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we are um, we are really the, a, a community of like mindsetted people, and and I say that sometimes I have people go, "That's not a word, dude." I'm like, I, "Well, it is. To, it is to us. We've we've created this word because." I don't think it's always great to only be around those that are like-minded, right? Because if you're not challenging each yeah. other, like if you think the same thing about everything, yeah. great. But I mean, yes. what's the point? Like, let's challenge each other. Yeah. So mindsetted, meaning we are growth mindsetted, right? I'm a firm believer yes. you are either growing right. or you are dying. There is no such thing. Some yeah. A lot of people will say, I just feel like I'm I'm uh, on a plateau or I'm just stuck. Like, no, you're dying. You are dying. Because if, oh, wow. if, if you are not progressing, you are regressing. And yes. and it, this community yes. is really about that. And and so, I mean, the, the heart of it really oh, is- Oh, hey, wait, real quick. I got I got to jump in real quick. Hold on. So this all, this all, you're either growing or dying. I have a perfect illustration. My wife was traveling on business. She was doing some work for her cancer organization. And she was gone for probably 10 days. And in our house- she has her favorite plant. There's, there's one plant that is better than all the rest. And it didn't even dawn on me that I should water this plant. I mean, I, you know, I don't know what was wrong with me. So after like seven or eight days, she says, Hey, by the way, are you watering my plants? And I had one of those moments like, Oh no. The first thing I did was I went to that plant to see its condition. And I, I kid you not, Riley, it was, it was essentially dead. All the leaves on the ground. I'm toast. This is an expensive plant. So I started watering it again. I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe I can, can bring it back from the dead, you know? But your point is you're either growing, you're flourishing, you're cultivating the soil, you're giving that your life what it needs, or you are regressing, you are yes. dying. And we have to pay attention to that. Yes, that's so good, Jimmy, because and a lot of people think, 
um, you know, I even, I have a sign behind me. It's, it's kind of blurred out, but it says hustle. Um, and this was my, uh-huh. my philosophy before, you know, up until about four years ago was literally, I, I'm going to outwork anybody in the room. And I, I still am going oh, to do that, but I do know where I, my focus is now my source, right? Not my resource. And so um, I, I understand that there's, there's a time for, for everything, right? For, for sowing, for reaping. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's seasons for everything, and there are seasons you have to grind. You got to hustle this thing out. But if yeah. that's all you're doing all the time, I encourage people to really just yeah. take a step back and, and take a look at, hey, what does this actually look like? What is even a a, a, a biblical structure? Of the creator of the universe. How did mm-hmm. how does he make this work? And and I I always reference yeah. not always, but I like to reference things back to trees and, and root systems. And if you think about a yeah. tree. Right. A tree, an apple tree is not like grinding out apples. They're not hustling out apples of like, I just have to sprout more apples. No. Right. The the number one determinant of if a tree is going to bear fruit is not about doing more. The number one determinant is Mm. where the tree is planted. Right. Is it planted in by streams of living water? Right? Is it, is it getting the, the sunlight that it needs, the fertilizer, the, the nutrients within the soil, the water? Because if that's, if that's happening, it's no question. It's a, it's, a, it's a principle of this world that apples will sprout out, right? But it had zero to do with it hustling or doing more. It's all about where it was planted. Wow. And we're no different, right? Yeah. Like where, so I even yeah. just ask like the listeners here, where are you planted? Mm-hmm. Or do you have community? Yeah. Do you have people that are pouring into you uh, and aren't, aren't just the yes. gotcha type of guys on accountability, but are like, hey, how can yeah. we do this better? Is there anything else that, that I can yeah. pray for you for? Is there anything that I can encourage you with? Yes. Uh, and, and, and that's mm-hmm. what growth mindset is. It's not about grind and hustle yes. and work more and do more. Yes, we are called to that because we're called to excellence and everything that we do, we work mm-hmm. as if we're working for the Lord. But the only way we do that long term is by doing it together, right? If you want to go fast on so things, it's, it's by all means, it, you can go alone. Go solo if you want to go fast. But if you want to go far, and that's really what this life is about, you got to yeah. go together. And, and that's where yeah, a community so of like-minded yeah. people collectively coming together, locking arms and saying, hey, yeah. we are standing for what's right. We are standing for truth. Uh, and oh, by the way, we also run businesses as well, right? And and like that's how yeah. I know we can be so influential in the marketplace to bring kingdom culture back into the marketplace is through the business world. Uh, and but it and yeah. that's scary and that's a, it's hard to do alone. Uh, and again, that just comes back to like yeah. where are you planted? Are you are you by streams of living yeah. water? And are you getting the community that you actually need? It's so good. And and I was thinking, too, you know, each one of us has this internal narrative going on, this internal dialogue of thinking of, of some bad thinking, some destructive thinking, some really good thinking. Sure. And, I, you know, I refer to Andy Frisella because he does he did this program called 75 Hard because his his essential um, come from is that, hey, you have to change the operating system. You know, it's like when God says, like you quoted from Romans, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to change the things that you're thinking about. When I did the 75 hard program, which is very, very hard, <laughs> um, even for a super disciplined person. Yeah, super hard. Um, what I learned 
yes, I had physical transformation, but the greatest transformation was I came face to face with my excuses. I came face to face, face to face with defeated thinking, with negative thinking. I'm like, man, is this really the, what's going on in my head? And I had to take those thoughts captive and I had to make them obedient to truth through God's word. And what I discovered was I had to start the day really feeding my spirit and changing my mindset, changing the way I was thinking. And that made all the difference in the world. And I know that you talk about God's design, right? And you've written a couple of books on this. You've written, I think, a two-book series on this. Well, thanks for tuning in to part one of a two-part series with our guest, Riley Meek, where we're talking about the kingdom economy. And make sure to tune in for part two, where we talk about what you can specifically do to make a difference to preserve our culture and our values. Stay tuned.